Welcome to the Blacklight Protocol, a Red King Creations production. Episode 8, The Tall Dog. Hey Reed, love the podcast, and I love that you're getting out there more and more. My name is Travis, and I'm a 42-year-old. This particular experience happened a long time ago. I'm tempted to say I was... I think I was 31 at the time, so maybe about 11 years ago. That's not a day that goes by that I don't think about it. So, what happened was, my grandmother passed away, and my wife and I decided it would be a good opportunity to move in. My parents didn't want to deal with all the furniture and cleaning and stuff, and since we didn't have a house, as we'd been staying in an overly expensive apartment, we thought it worked out great. You can understand, my grandmother's house was in rural Georgia, and was off on its own, which we thought was great, especially for my son, who was six years old at the time. We'd always lived in the city, but had that dream of being out in the rural area, letting him run around and play, stuff like that. Anyway, most of what's in front of the house is farmland, cows, chicken houses. Behind us, it's pretty nice, thick forest filled with big trees. Now, Katie and I sleep in a room at the front of the house, so if you were to open up the blinds, you'd see all the sprawling farmland. But Daniel, my son, his room is toward the back of the house, and so from his window, you get a really great view of the woods. And that's important, the layout, I mean, because I start to notice some strange things. Daniel's six, and he, like most kids, can't get enough crayons to color with. Once a week or two, I'll go in his room and he'll have amassed a whole pile of colorings and have the pages scattered everywhere. I keep a nice stack of them. Some of them are pretty good. But at this time, when I go into his room, I'm cleaning up a little. I notice that a lot of the pictures have a dog in them, which is totally normal for a six-year-old boy, right? Especially since we just moved out to the country and this place would be perfect for a family dog plenty of space and all, but at the same time, I know my son, and I know it's obviously not weird for a kid to want a dog, but I can't remember Daniel ever mentioning wanting a puppy, or a pet, or anything. I even asked Katie about it and showed her some of the pictures, because I know I forget things, but Katie says he hasn't mentioned anything either, so now I'm a little curious. Just curious as to where this is coming from, but again, it's not a big deal. It's a very minor curiosity. I actually forgot to even ask him about it. It's been a couple of days later before it comes up again. I go in Daniel's room and normally he's an early bird. He likes waking up, he likes going to school. But this particular morning, he's sleeping in. So I go in there and I wake him up and he just seems out of it. He's just really tired, which again is unusual. So I was like, hey buddy, you're gonna be late for school. Were you up all night partying again? Or something dumb like that. He grumbles no and rubs at his eyes. He's just kind of mutters something about the dog outside his window. And all of a sudden, I remember the drawings. I'm like, oh, that's where he's got us from. There must be some stray or one of the neighbor's dogs coming in our yard. Sometimes we hear them barking at night across the way. So I get him up, get him ready for school, fix Katie some coffee, and they go off together. It's my day off, so I grab some coffee for myself and set out to get a little yard work done around the house. 
in my getting ready, I notice yet another picture laying around the house, and I see that it's a picture of the dog. Well, more specifically, it's a picture of Daniel's room, and little stickman Daniel in his bed, and then there's a dog looking in his window. The dog has long ears, yellowish brown fur, that's smiling in the window. I didn't think anything about it until I'm in the backyard picking up branches. I happened to glance over and look at our house, or rather the back side of the house, and there is Daniel's window. I don't know why it struck me as odd. I don't even know why it was on my mind, or why I even thought of it. It was just one of those weird random thoughts that you have, and this was the thought. Must be a tall dog. And the basis for this thought was when I was looking at Daniel's window, I kind of realized that the way the house sits, the window's like six feet off the ground. And the reason that connects is because the dog in the drawing is looking in the window. Look, I know that a child's drawing isn't exactly gospel truth, but I'm not an idiot. My wife is a huge fan of horror movies, and almost every single one, there's a kid with a drawing of a demon or something, and it's all fun and games until there's a freaking demon. So, when my wife gets home, I bring it up to her, and she's actually a little bit less worried than I was. It was actually a big relief, because if my wife isn't worried about it, then it's probably legitimately nothing. Matter of fact, it was enough of a relief that it completely left my mind. I wasn't spooked or worried at all. Until one morning, I realized that my son is sleeping in again. So I go in there, wake him up, crack some dad joke, and threaten him with being late to school. Daniel's kind of grumpy as I pull the covers off of him, and I ask him about his night, how he'd slept and all that. Well, he sits on the edge of his bed, and he says, I don't think I want a dog anymore. Which was out of the blue, because didn't really know he wanted a dog to begin with, but I ask him why. Because the dog keeps bumping the window, Daniel says, which I think is odd because again, the window's six feet off the ground and we don't have any trees near the house, so there wasn't really a branch or anything. I told him to go on and get ready, but I kept thinking about it all day. I was trying to figure out why hearing about this dog just made me feel uneasy. After work that afternoon, I decided to investigate. I go into Daniel's room and pull apart his blinds because I want to look out the window, but as soon as I do, I notice this weird gunk all over the window. It was the equivalent of a toddler licking a window, but it's thicker than that so thick that I can actually barely see out of the window. It kind of reminds me of a bug splatter on the windshield when it's particularly juicy and then it's smeared. Like I can see the streaks, like something was moving around against the glass. The dog kept bumping the window. I didn't know what I was looking at, but I was sufficiently spooked, and this time my wife couldn't console me. That night, Daniel fell asleep with Katie in our bed, and instead of taking him to his room, I grabbed a kitchen chair and I sat at the window. Not directly in front of the window, but off to the side and in the shadows where I felt I could watch. And that's what I did. I watched. 
It was the full moon out that night. I could see the backyard very clearly, and I could see the tree line and its hard shadows very clearly as well. I could also see it. I don't remember when or how it appeared. It was just that all of a sudden I saw a dog at the edge of the woods. It had long ears drooping on both sides, and even though the moonlight cast nightly hues of color, I could figure it was probably a yellowish-brown, matching Daniel's drawings. It sat there on its haunches, just looking like a dog. Maybe a collie of some kind, to be more specific. It turned its head to the left, and it looked like it was just sitting there, panting, as normal as ever. Then it turned back to the window, and it stood up. It stood up on two legs. Two impossibly long, thin legs. The legs alone had to be four or five feet long. It walked in long steps. Its arms were just as long, and they dangled and looked like they blew back and forth in the nighttime breeze. It wasn't fast, but it wasn't slow. It just, it was walking. When it reached the window, it was standing up straight, and it was so tall that only the bottom half of the dog's torso could be seen through the window, gently bumping the window. I was terrified in my shadows, in my chair, my heart beating louder than anything in the world. I was frightened. Frightened doesn't even sound like the right word because we use it so often, so flippantly. I was terrified in such a way that I could not move even if I wanted to. And then the dog bent at the waist, but it didn't bend forward, it bent sideways, like it was cocking its body to the side, only it kept bending and bending until its shape was unnatural. The dog's body was in an upside down U-shape. I saw its face. It pressed its snout against the glass, the warm breath spreading of slight fog. Its eyes were pale yellow. Its teeth were straight, too straight, and they weren't even dog's teeth. They were definitely human teeth. It was contorted in that U-shape, breathing against the glass for what felt like an eternity, watching me. Then it slowly straightened back up. The creature walked around the house three times. I could hear it as it made slow and steady rounds, tapping on the glass. It passed by Daniel's room on that third time, and then I saw it walk back towards the woods. I didn't sleep that night. I didn't sleep that night at all. We stayed there another month or two but I found some things that were concerning and they made my decision to move out all too easy. As we were cleaning out my grandma's stuff, we found that she had a deep freeze in the garage and it was filled with meat, inexplicable amounts of meat. She obviously was not eating it herself. Next to it was something else that I didn't really understand. It was stacks and stacks of children's magazines. Magazines of children's clothes and toys, anything that had pictures of kids on it. 
Inside the freezer were pieces of meat wrapped up in pages torn out of the magazines. I have a sickening feeling when it looked in the window and saw me. I wasn't what it wanted. It wanted my son. And I think my grandmother had been feeding it. The house eventually burned down, so thankfully nobody lives out there anymore. That's really all I know. I haven't seen or heard anything since. It's just as well, too. I still have the nightmares. We're good, though. Daniel and Katie especially, so we're taking him to get his driver's license tomorrow. So wish us luck. Thank you for your time. Well, that was certainly a weird and uh, very weird story. I did not like that. The human mind doesn't seem to like it very much when normal, natural things are contorted in unnatural ways. Much like with Charlie's experience from episode 4, it seems that the human being has a distinct capability to recognize when something is wrong. Very wrong. Now, while I do want to be a humble, honest observer, it does seem strange that your grandmother would have such a... stockpile of meat. Sure, in the South, I'm sure there are plenty of people with stockpiled freezers full of deer meat and the like, but still, it makes me uneasy to think about. Having done a small amount of research, I think there are a few scary stories online about a similarly titled Tall Dog, which I've never heard of before. These stories are no doubt fictitious, and the scenarios surrounding the encounter quite different and entirely unrelated. Granted, we can't rule out that perhaps Travis had read or heard a scary story and let his imaginations begin to wander and take shape before his very eyes. That still doesn't quite explain the physical evidence discovered at the scene as well as the multiple witnesses who claim to see it. I guess what I can do is begin to catalog the creatures people encounter, and if the tall dog shows up again, we'll know. I believe that we're beginning to get some information and insight into the world of high strangeness, and the more we know about that paranormal world, the more we can map it out and develop a protocol to stay safe within it. This episode of The Blacklight Protocol is narrated by Nicholas Pinley and written by Hunter Johnson. Please like and subscribe for more from The Blacklight Protocol.